This is Tony Todd, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Be, be, be happy. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. <laughs> I'm sorry but that's Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another enthralling episode of Midwest Monsters. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm here with Mad Chan and Professor Wagstaff. We're here to try and bring you all the fun that we can this evening. Mad Chan, can you tell them what we're going to be talking about tonight? Oh, tonight we got something special for you guys. Tonight we're going to uh, do another director. And we're going to focus mainly on the works of one of my personal favorites and a great up-and-comer, Adam Green. Professor? Love him. Yeah, this is, it's interesting because, you know, as we've talked about the format of the show and where we're going, we've gone with themes, we've gone with directors, and, you know, we kind of jumped again with Rob Zombie and did a a newer guy first, but then we went back and, and did Carpenter, and then we did Stephen King, but now we're talking about a real up and coming. We're talking about a young cat, new in the game. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Right on. <laughs> why, why you be laughing at me, man? <laughs> it's real funny because you're you're talking about like he's a he's a new guy, he's a young guy, he's an up and comer in the game, but he's literally been doing this for 13 years. <laughs> and, you know, and he's a he's an up and comer in our eyes, but he's been doing this since 2000. That's when <clears> that's when his first. Short that's really out. that's funny though because that's really the name of the game. You know, like you've got it. You've got to hustle and flow for many years before <laughs> anybody even goes, "Oh, this is a new guy." And you're like, yeah. shut up, I've been here for years. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and as an independent filmmaker yourself, Matt Chain, you know that. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm still I'm still paying dues on something I have, I know nothing about. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I will say, uh, in defense of uh, Abner over there, in ret- you know, in comparison to what we've covered before, he's right. certainly an up-and-comer. Because, yeah. I mean, he's been doing it for over a decade, but doing nobody it, knew who his name it, was until, what, 2006, 2007, when Matt Chain yeah. came on the scene and yeah. really exploded. So in comparison to somebody like a carpenter, um, or even you know the writing of Stephen King, those those been going on for decades. So it's something refreshing and really rejuvenating to the genre, and especially you know for the diehard fans who are going to conventions and really kind of bringing it all in, not just watching the movie once in a while. That's who he is. He caters to because he's the same. He's one of them. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. He's been going to the conventions for years. He's a fanboy just like the rest of us, yeah. which is what shows in his work. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. And so, that being said, uh, you know, we unfortunately can't speak to his early, early work. And so, 
uh, Mad Chan as our guide. We'll be starting with with Hatchet. Uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just start with Hatchet. We'll start in 2006. Like, uh, I personally haven't seen Coffee and Donuts. I don't think any of us have. Nope. Um, but I think it's appropriate that we start with Hatchet because Hatchet's kind of like the everybody's, or at least mm-hmm. our first introduction to him. Yeah, totally. So, that being said, Hatchet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sorry, there it I is. I didn't mean to leave it out there like that, but, <laughs> you know, that's where we're at. Right. So, um, all right. So let me just lay it out there. I, I got to be honest with our listeners, just like I, I've been honest with you guys. Um, Hatchet is everything that that a movie should be for me when it comes to a slasher and throwback and doing all of this. And as, as Professor and some of our other friends would say, they would look at me and they would go, Abner, this movie was made for you. And and I got to, I just got to start started out now with Hatchet and Hatchet Two, um, not my favorites. They just really they just <clears throat> if I never see them again, I won't be upset. I'm glad I've watched them. I appreciate what he tried to do. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to say a lot of good things about him later. But right now, when I saw Hatchet and all the hype that's built around it, I was like, eh, there's that. Uh, <laughs> I see Mad Chan with a devilish grin on his face. What do you got to say, my man? Uh, see, that's the thing, man. Like when I saw Hatchet, I was in a, I was in a good place, and then when I saw Hatchet, I was in a great place. <laughs> Hatchet was that old school throwback. Nobody had done it in many years. Adam Green brought us a brand new horror movie icon, a new he brand. It, oh yeah. yeah, he put it right out there on the market, and he didn't come, he didn't come bullshit. If you know what I mean, like he didn't come out and be like, "I'm gonna try to do this." I mean, he came full force. I'm talking head splitting open, uh, like chasing people. He brought in uh, some familiar faces, people that you'd seen before. He totally. made sure he had an icon that played to play his iconic role of Victor Crawley. I mean, he came at this the exact right way. He went out and uh, John Carl Beekler, you know. I mean, he went and got the the effects guy that he needed to really drive this movie home. And that's one thing I loved about Hatchet because it was. And I think that's even the tagline of the movie is something. It's like it's old school horror, and he did it right. And that's the thing. Like, it's got everything that I should love. And not to mention, it was filmed in New Orleans, one of my favorite cities in the country, <laughs> in the Honey Island Swamp, one of the coolest places I've ever been in this country. And it's got Kane Hodder playing Victor Crowley, and it's got Tony Todd. <laughs> but for some reason, I, I'm. I'll be honest with you all. I'm kind of a weird dude. <laughs> Apparently, Chris. <laughs> what happened here was there was a boat and you just fucking missed it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I just watched it sail away. And with that being said, I want to pass this off to the professor. Go ahead, bro. I absolutely love it. Yes. It is one of my favorite horror movies in the last 10 years, certainly for a slasher. Um, I, You know, I, I could go on and on about it. Like, for me... In terms of kills and gore, it's my favorite to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, I mean, no disrespect to the greats from before, but time has passed. People have gotten better at their crafts. Technology's come along. Um, but, you know, I this is one where it seems practical to me. There's not computers all over it, and it's fun. It's creative. It, it's, like, literally bordering, like, a comic book movie, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the way that the, the kills happen and, and how it's tongue-in-cheek. Because in the past, you'd have people's heads getting split or something rammed through their, their throat. And there'd be the occasional funny one, but they always kind of took themselves more seriously and gritty. Whereas this, it's like 
it's almost funny the way people are being killed at times, but it's still so realistic looking. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like, you know, Frank Miller came in and consulted them yeah. with some of his writing, you know, with some of the ways it went. But I love the film. I love everything that it, it did for horror. And I feel like he made a film for us. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely. what I love about it. Like, it, it, he's not trying to say, I'm reinventing the wheel. He's trying to say, hey, all of you that are around my age that grew up watching these movies, watch me try and one-up them, but in the, in the whole process, pay homage to it. Uh, that's what I love about it. Like, <clears throat> you know, obviously there's some things that could be better, but I have so much fun watching it. Just the different kill scenes, you know, the just, I mean, they're endless throughout the, and the other ones that we'll talk about as well. But Yeah. And I think the, uh, the idea of Hatchet um, when you hear Green talk about it, like if you watch the DVD extras and things like, or you hear him, you watch um, the documentaries and things, he talks about being in, like, I think it was an eight-year-old kid. Yeah. Remember, yeah. He, he talks about being an eight-year-old kid, and this was a story that he had, you know, that he had survived, that, that he, he had come up with oh, at, yeah. at camp. Because they called it, uh, they had a name for it that involved Hatchet. Right, right. so... Like, this was a story that he had come up with, and he'd never lost grasp of this story, yeah. being that guy. And then um, he talks about the way that he went about making Hatchet, about how they went to New Orleans with a camera and shot a trailer. Yeah. Mm. And they shot the trailer and to get the movie made. And I think that's, I mean, that's genius right there, because he went for it. A lot of yeah. guys sit around, like, I, even myself included, I've been there at those times. Like, we talk about doing it. Like, Adam Green went out and did it. Yeah. So, I, I got to give him grace yeah, he for didn't, that. He didn't <laughs> wait for somebody to cross paths with him while he's working at his day job or going to a convention. He went out and said, hey, look what I'm capable of. Yeah. And did something that was feasible because mm -hmm. it cost just, you know, already a large amount, a lot more than people who have never tried to make a film probably realize, even to put together three minutes of a trailer. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you go shop that and say, look what I'm capable of. That's a great idea and a fantastic story to put him on the map. Well, and then you look at uh, look at the other things, the elements that he put into this movie. I kind of touched on it just a second ago, but I mean, like we said, he got Kane Hodder. Yeah. He got John Beekler. He got Tony Todd. He went out and he pulled these people, like these, you know, like you hear him talk about when he was going to talk to Kane Hodder about wanting oh, to get his action yeah. figure signed. And yeah. He, I mean, that was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's not only... He's like, no, no, no. We don't need any of this flashy stuff. Let's yeah. go old school. And I think that's what it is. I keep saying that phrase, but it's it. It's old school horror, man. It's yeah. like, when you watch that movie, you could easily insert... And maybe it's because it's Kane Hodder, maybe not. You could easily insert Jason Voorhees into the plot line. And you've got it. You yeah, know, yeah. you get the... Like, when pulls the head apart, you know, the Swamp Tour. And the uh, cast that he put in that movie... Oh man, I thought the cast was hilarious. Like Perry Shen, Shen, Shen yeah. in that movie. I think he is hilarious, dude. Mm -hmm. Just all the way through, and then Richmond. Richmond was hilarious, and uh, of course, like we, I can't ever speak enough about Joel David Moore. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> now what, what? What was your thing about Joel David Moore? Now, Chris? so here's the thing, and and so when we talk about Joel David Moore, it'll we'll touch on it here, but we'll really come back to it with Spiral. Uh, you know, the next film we're going to talk about. But Joel David Moore, to me, is great. And and this is the thing, is he's too great, because every time I see him, all I can think of is JP 
from Grandma's Boy. JP. Dave, I'm not a robot. And, like, that's the thing. Like, he was so good in Grandma's Boy that everything I see him in, that's all he is. And so, like, he ruined, <laughs> for me, he ruined himself because he was, he, he's Matrix guy in Grandma Boy. <laughs> he's a guy crying and sighing. And like, My legs are a robot. No, he's, he's great in that movie. Why don't you talk to me? <laughs> but, like, that's, and so, like, every time he pops up in something, I'm like, Where's his leather jacket? <laughs> uh, and that'll come up again when we when we get the spiral. But that's well. I mean, we keep. Uh, and if you think about it, man, we keep. We left. A, I even left a few out. Man, he had Robert England in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. had Robert England out in the boat. Then he had a uh, Joshua Leonard uh-huh. from um, the movie Josh. <laughs> oh man, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he had uh, Joshua Leonard in that movie. Like there was just so much going on in the Mercedes McNabb. Like being a huge Buffy fan. Like that just did it for me. I was like, "Here we go, dude. I'm I'm all about this right now." Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there may be a day that I come to love Hatchet, but for me right now, I I I, it's just not something I'm going to pull off and watch. And but I just appreciate what it is. I really do, and I want to say that I can't overemphasize that enough. That while I don't, while it's not one of my favorite movies, I do appreciate it, and I I understand where he came from, and I'm glad that he went there. Um, and I'm glad that it's going to be Friday the 13th for a new generation. It's going to mm-hmm. be Nightmare for a new generation, because they need that. They need their own guy. Professor, final thoughts on Hatchet? I can watch it all the time, over and over again. <laughs> I just love it. It's just one of those movies which, uh, I mean, you don't even have to be a horror fan, just movie fans, but we've all got them where, you know, you have one that comes along every couple of years where it just kind of goes in the catalog of, well, I don't know what to watch tonight. I think I'll watch Hatchet for the hundredth time. <laughs> right. Like it's just an easy watch for me. It never takes itself too seriously. It never goes too far in any direction for me. It's exactly what it should be, which is fun. And that and that's that's what I love about it. And obviously the special effects. And Hatchet was that film that uh that first film in a long time that after I got done watching it, I watched it again. Like immediately. Like yeah. it was a like I'd seen it and we get to the ending. Right, spoiler, but whatever. We get to the ending where they're out on the boat and shit goes down on the boat. Like, as soon as that was over, I was like, what? Yeah. And, like, the wife was like, that was good. And I was like, you're right. Rewind. You know, you hit that skip back button on the DVD player and go right back into it. Yeah. So, that's my thoughts on Hatchet. So, anything further to say before we move along? I moved along. I'm good. Very good. Okay, so what's next, Mad Chan? Oh, we have to talk about Spiral. Spiral. Yes. So, again, to rehash what I just said about Joel David Moore. <laughs> um, yeah, this is where I agree with you. In Hatchet, I don't have a problem. Yeah. But this one, it, it comes in a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing, because he 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 delivers a good performance in this movie. Yeah. He does. He really comes pretty in. excellent. He's amazing yeah, in He's that. great. It, it's a role built, I mean, it really is built for him, because he plays that awkward guy well. Yeah. And again, it almost plays well for his character from Grandma's Boy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because he was awkward in Grandma's Boy, but because he made a an excellent video game, he got popular. But that's the thing. Like, so it was really hard for me to take him seriously in Spiral because he was robot legs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, see, you imagine. I know you love him, so tell us why you love him. The, the, Joel David Moore just has the. Um, he, he's the everyman. He's Charlie Brown. He's he's somebody that anybody... You can watch anything and you know that guy. Yep. And that's the thing about him that I really liked. One in Hatchet, 
you know, like it's he was that guy. But two, when we come to Spiral, and Spiral is um, he's just got this innocence about him that takes you out of the character that he really is. And the way that he interacts with Amber Tamblyn in this movie, there's this sweetness to him. That, but there's also you can always tell that there's something right under the surface. You know, a funny thing about this movie, um, when I watched it and, and realized how much of a jazz piece there was to it, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. jazz fan, when I watched it, I said, this has got Professor Wagstaff written all over yeah. it. If, if, even if I would have hated the movie, just his explanation for why he likes jazz out in front when they're walking around Christmas time, right. he nailed it. I was like, that was a great scene. And it reminds me so much of the book, Blue Like Jazz, because it, even though it's a it's a spiritual book, he talks about, like, that's his feelings on spirituality in the book because of how unfinished jazz is, because mm-hmm. of how un, um, it doesn't fit into a sort of box. Yeah. And that's and it's so cool because, like, to me, the, the guy did this in a suspense movie that was the same thing in this spiritual book that I had read. And so I thought yeah. that was cool. That, that's not an endorsement of Blue Like Jazz, the movie, because I've never seen it, but the <laughs> book's phenomenal. See, the thing about it is, like, the one that one of the things I really liked about Spiral, I really liked the um, the drawing, yeah, the, the the artwork itself. Yeah, and I, I don't mean that. I'm not talking about like, oh, it was a good picture, but like he took a little bit of each of these girls. You see what I'm saying? Like, this was him. This is he saw something beautiful. He saw something he liked. He and he encompassed it. You know what I'm saying? He 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 had to have it. And I thought that was I thought that came out a lot. You see what I'm saying? Especially as the movie went on. Yeah. And he starts to draw her and it's just uh I don't know, man. Like when when they're sitting there and she's posing, he's just got this look on his face of just he like he's so in that moment. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like nothing can take him out of that moment. Right. And I don't know, man. Like that's another reason why I was really digging Joel David Moore in this movie because he he got it for me. Yeah. Now, um, you know what I could picture is that this is Joel David Moore. This is JP after he gets embarrassed <laughs> in Grandma Boy. You guys Rosalie. really need to drop this crap. Like we're talking about Adam Green. You guys are pitching. You guys are pitching this Adam Sandler movie. I mean, come on, man. Like this guy's got a no. But I mean, I am on I, the payroll for Happy Madison Productions. <laughs> you were pitching, but I mean, no, I get you. But at the same time, like uh, this. I don't know. There was just so much going on in that movie, and, and we should have said this a long time ago. But if spoiler, uh, but like the whole ending scene, like, yeah, like, see, that's what we got to say. We got to say that you got to say spoiler for those who have. This has got to be a spoiler it. because we have to talk about the end of this movie because it's why some of us love it and some of us, I won't say hated it, no, but some of the the I reason it. it turned us off. So spoiler alert: um, if if you haven't seen it yet, just shut up and turn off your <laughs> the thing right now for a few minutes um so go ahead Matt Chan, finish your thought there okay so the thing is you can see coming everybody thinks they can see what's coming okay because you can we called it out i called it out the first time i seen it it's like oh oh she's not real and then the uh, the the friend who's also his boss at the telemarketing place like he comes up and he's consoling him and this and that and then you're like, haha! I figured this out, and then he turns back around. And he's just like, oh yeah, he was with what's her name? You know, they had lunch, and you know, it's like she is real. It's like nobody wanted to buy it. You know what I'm saying? This guy's just thinking it's happened again. Has it always been happening? Is that what's 
been going on the whole time? Are these really just figments of his imagination, or does the friend just not, has, or has the boss just been overlooking everything? What do you yeah. think, Prof? Um, it was kind of a roller coaster for me <laughs> toward the last, I don't know, half hour. Because honestly, from the moment um, she first accepted his outlash, yes, where she was still almost borderline, like mindless slave to friendship to this guy like accepting his odd behavior like to the and never like there never seems to be a question of it you know what I mean when you go plop down for the listeners who haven't watched this film and who probably won't but are interested in more of the plot of what we're watching um, the the fact is is that we've got uh, a you know a lonely boy who's befriended by the girl who sits down with him um, and eats lunch and then continues to basically follow him around, accept him for who he is, and you're, and you're happy for the character, and so on and so forth, but there comes a point where I think she starts to invade his bubble, for a lack of a better term. Right. He's very private and protected, and the more intimate their friendship grows, um, he starts to kind of lash out, and there's never a question of it, and that, that's, that was my only kind of plot hole as a viewer as I'm watching that kind of bugged me, where, like, you know, the friend's like, you know... He's known that this happens over and over again. Where's the help? This, you know, this guy at this point in his life, who's had a, you know, a couple of people who have taken interest in him, um, and he's suffering from these issues. You know, I'm like, we should maybe be questioning this a little more, but that's fine. <laughs> but now, I overall, that's why I say it was a roller coaster, though, because you start seeing it about halfway through. You're like, you know, I don't think this this girl's even real, and that's right, what I, right. that's what I like about it is that it's it comes off as being on borderline cliche at this point in film with the, with the split personality where at the end they didn't exist or it was me all along. It's just been raining in the ground, which, you know, people. the Grizz just absolutely despises. I thought of him. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, tell him, tell him why, yeah, Ryan. When tell this, him about when this, me. Yeah. When this movie was, you know, when the, when the cake was in the oven, I was like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to be madder in hell watching this. He's going to hate it. But that's really what I liked about it is that I felt like, it baited viewers and really made people think, well, I got it figured out. This is junk. It's common. It's been done a hundred times. And then they flipped it around with the genius stroke of saying, you know, this is different now because this has been done so much. Maybe she was here. Maybe this guy just killed her. And that, and I really like that. That leads you back to going, did he kill all these people? (laughs) You know, because he's got these, these intimate portraits that he's drawn of all these people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. So, the professor, you know, covered it very well for me, but I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it when at the end of a movie, it's just like, oh, do, 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 I'm the crazy one, except, as we've joked, <laughs> I agree with you, though. It's become a lame cop-out. Yeah, it is, and it, and except for, as we've joked before, my favorite, one of my favorite movies is Fight Club, which that is the ending, but yeah. <laughs> I'll defend that to the end, but no, it's, it's okay like, when it's Tyler Durden, right, 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 when yeah. it's Joel David Moore, right. the guy from Grandma's Boy, <laughs> yeah, screw you, when it's Chuck Palahniuk, it's okay, <laughs> but like, you know, um, and, and of course like Sixth Sense, which to me was like, Secret Window, right, so like Sixth right. Sense didn't start that theme, but Sixth Sense was like, I would say for our generation, the most popular. Yeah, so it was pulled off. People got to see exactly. It was pulled off well in Sixth Sense, and to me, every time since then, it's been bull hockey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, and so once again, as, as Mad Chan said, halfway through the film, we all called it. We all called yeah, it. yeah, yeah. She, man, she's not real, and I'm like, don't do it. 
But I don't was always you do it. But that's the thing, though. At that point, I was still willing to give the movie what it what it deserved, and it rode it all the way out and was greatly surprised. Yeah, no, I was not going to turn it off. And and this is the thing. And and we talked about this earlier. Um, when we got to the payoff, but it wasn't the payoff, but it was the payoff, you know. And so yeah, when he's like, when we when we found out that oh oh she was. We didn't think she was real, but then we found out she was real. Okay, fair enough. Unfortunately, I was too far gone. Yeah, I was too far gone. I had I had already jumped off the diving board. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, halfway through tucking for my dive, I look back, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, There's I mean, no water like in the pool. In, you know, in bed with a girl, and she says something really, you know, disgustingly weird. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to finish a romantic night. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's kind of, you know, and that that's, happens with And that's where I losing. was. I appreciate it. I tried. I tried to forget the past and, and roll with it. Um, but I was too far gone at that point. However, I do like what Mad Chan is saying now. And now now I'm going through that duality of, like, well, were, were some of them real? His buddy, by the way, who was Chuck in that TV show, <laughs> Chuck. Um, oh, my God. God, I knew I knew him from something. I knew I knew him from something. Well, he kind of seemed like a dime a dozen douchebag that's in a ton of movies. Oh, no, no, he's not a douchebag. That dude is awesome. I said seemed. (laughs) Right. So so by the time Chuck realizes what's going on, I'm like, wait, wait, were any of them real? You know, like, like when he says none of them were real, but then we found out this one was real, I'm like, wait. Maybe so. So you got me a little bit. You got me. I'll ponder that. The seed is planted. I'll give you that, sir. But uh, I, I'll never watch it again. I've got to say, I, I've got to say this. What? I've, I've got to say this because I feel like it is a crime to focus on the last half hour of this movie when the first sixty is the real treat. Right. The, the, this film, um, despite you know opinions on how it ends. I think where the real applause goes is to the acting for the first hour. Oh, yeah. And definitely. somebody who we haven't even mentioned, um, I thought stole the show. Amber Tamblyn. Amber Tamblyn. Oh, I yeah. thought she yeah. was absolutely excellent. It was understated, a great performance, and I think it's something really to, to applaud Adam Green on, too, because when you have a film like this where the, the acting is that good across the board, I mean, the director has something to do with that. Yeah, he gives no, you, yeah, yeah, definitely. He definitely. gives you the leeway and the and the environment that you're working in, and that that's what really impressed me is that I felt like this movie was surprisingly rich, not just for a horror movie, but just a movie, you know, with young right. actors in it. Yeah. It was very layered and and intelligently put together. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. And again, don't get me wrong. Joel David Moore did no 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 don't get me wrong he did no, his he, job yeah, no he did he was he did an excellent job in that movie so I don't want you to think I hate him because I don't I yeah. really don't Joel David Moore keep on brother <laughs> hang in there right on so that's that's all I've got to hey my Michael oh wait one last thing about Spiral go ahead Rain I I would I take that back I would watch it again. Because I want to watch the effect that Rain plays in that movie. Here's a funny side note, and this is going to be new for Mad Chan and The Professor. It's no secret that my wife loves the movie The Notebook. Yep. In her studies of The Notebook, because that's, <laughs> she studied The Notebook like I studied Somebody horror Somebody has to. 
<laughs> Part of the central theme in that is that every time it rains, and she found out throughout film theory, it's a big thing when it rains, it's a symbol of change in a film. There are very significant instances in this movie where rain plays a big part. Think That's about true. it. The She's little, walking him home yeah, in the, the rain. The second time that he meets her, she's crying because it rained. She's just got all this weird stuff going on. And think at the very end, at the very payoff when he's on the bus and that new girl starts talking to him, what happens? Okay. It it's rains. Sunny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey no, so, that's a very good point. That is a good point. So now, now here's I, the thing, though. Like, ah, oh, never mind. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say. So to any of you, wow, you, that's blowing my mind. Like, if you, if not, if yeah, you can thank my wife for that. <laughs> so and her love for the Notebook. So for any of you who haven't seen this and you 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 soldiered through these uh, spoiler alerts, if you're gonna watch the movie, watch the rain and 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 and. And tell us if you think that it played a part. Because I think it did. Uh, my final thoughts on Spiral are... It's it's one if you... Uh, despite what everybody said here tonight... Like, I've, I've always stood by that movie. I always love that movie. Um, definitely check it out. Regardless. I mean, even if you think you've heard it all. Which you probably have here. Or at least most of it. Some of you might agree none of it. Um, it's definitely one to check out. Totally. I, I loved agree. it. Loved I loved, it. Yeah, really. Great acting. Very good. So all right. Moving on? Moving on. We're out of spiral. All right. What's up next? All right. Next, we have to move to um, one of my favorite films. Uh, we have to move on to Frozen. Oh. Now, Frozen is oh, the man. quintessential movie. Now, it's always been told that, okay, so there's three acts to a film. Mm -hmm. And this is, goes back to, like, first-year film, film school. This goes back to anything that you want to read, books, whatnot. There's three acts to a film. And essentially what it is is... Um, the oldest um, interpretation of this is you run your character up a tree, you figure out what's going on while they're in the tree, then you figure out how to get them out of the tree. And that's exactly what Frozen is. He literally, Adam Green literally follows that concept and does not deviate from it, and it is an amazing movie. And in my opinion, made the best movie he's ever made <laughs> by following that formula. I mean, it's literally that easy. We take three characters. We put them on a ski lift that stops. How do we get them down? And you know what? Through through wolves, through frostbite, through through trials, tribulations, relationships, everything that goes on while you're up there, it never stops. Because essentially it's we have to get down or we're all dead. And in some cases, if we get down, we're dead. But if we stay here, we're dead. So what do you do? Um, I just got to say, and this is what I told the guys earlier when they got here, that by the end of that movie, I literally clapped. I went, <laughs> bravo, sir. Bravo. Because right. I got to tell you, just like you said, it was that easy formula. And this is kind of the problem in most of our lives and other situations. We don't realize that there are formulas for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are times. Now, there are definitely places where formulas don't work, and you should say, screw the formula and just do your own thing. But there are times when, in art, a good formula can work. Exactly. And then at the end of this movie, I said, oh, you brilliant son of a bitch. You really did it with this one. I said, and it's, you're right. It's not that complex, but it is. And so by the end of that movie, I was just, man, I think it's the best movie he's ever made. I think it's, well, of course, it's. 
career is not that long. <laughs> Illustrious. Thus far. Yeah, but... Thus far, he's, he's going to have but a huge career. I am just... Man, when I watched that, uh, I, I actually planned on... Um, Mad Chan and I went to go see Willie Robertson from, from Duck Dynasty speak. Yes, sir. And had an excellent time. And I planned on going home, taking it easy, and going to bed. I put Frozen in, was going to watch half of it before bed. Hell with that. I stayed up <laughs> way past my bedtime to finish that movie, and I'm glad I did. That's not one that you can just turn it off. You though, can't. Man. You, you can't. cannot. It's a. It's definitely not a two-sitting movie. You've no. got to stay in it. Um, so that's, I'll say more later, but that's all I want to say for now. I want to give the professor a chance. Uh, I think the thing that the first time I saw this, the thing I was most surprised with was the production value. I mean, it is stellar. Clutch. Because, and a lot of times, and this goes back, you know, since the beginning of movies, if you have a simple vehicle for a film, why spend a lot of money? Right. They didn't skimp on this. I mean, yeah. it would have been just as easy to almost black out everything in that environment off in the distance. But it's not. It's very clear, yeah. and, and it's very visceral. Like when you've got these panning vertical shots that show you the height at where they're sitting out mm -hmm. here in the dark, but you can still see the, the depth of the shot and their surroundings. To me, that's what creates the, the real fear. And, you know, I've listened to on some other podcasts where um, <clears throat> different people talk about how they don't consider this horror because nothing happens. And there's one particular guy. He's a busy guy. I don't know him, but I did listen to his show, Bill Shetty. If you ever listen to the show, I think you're a fool. It is a horror movie. He ripped it to pieces Ugh. about how it was. It shouldn't even be called a horror movie. I don't know. Spoiler alert. But if I have to watch either the love of my life or my childhood best friend be ripped apart by wolves, why laid it? Why they lay down there with broken legs, helpless? That's a horror scene to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? That just drives me nuts. So if if you're someone who has to be force fed, you're way of thinking about a movie if if there's no psychological aspect of viewing <laughs> don't just skip this because this does tricks with your mind i mean when you and for me whenever i watch a scary movie just to en enrich the experience i put myself there yeah. i really try and think about what would i do what would it be like right that's scarier than hell i mean really <laughs> i mean really think about it's it situational yeah, yeah yeah i know that it's it's the obvious but i mean for the listeners too think about this being up on a on this lift on a chair and knowing the schedule that this place is that they are basically closed for the next five days and there's this huge storm coming in and all the lights go off and after about 20 minutes you realize we're gonna die we got nowhere to go <laughs> exactly. we're gonna die out here yeah and it was a, <laughs> that's a funny that's thing scary. i was like that's how i know i'm getting old with movies like that are scary to yeah. me i'm like an old responsible adult i'm like how are we going to get off of this lift? And that's the, I, th I think that's the great thing about it is you can watch this movie and it's situational horror that you can put yourself into. He says it's not a... The guy you're talking about, Shetty, says it's not a horror movie. It is. Like, you may never find yourself in the middle of a swamp getting chased by a mongoloid. Yeah. You know, you may never <laughs> find yourself using that word. <laughs> <laughs> but you, never, you may never find yourself out in the middle of a swamp getting chased by a murderer. But seriously, it's like being stuck at the top of a um, of a Ferris wheel, you know. And and the carnival shuts down for the night. You know what I'm saying? It's just little sh things like that. It's this is a situation where it could feasibly happen. Yeah, that's it, why it, deliverance was so it's successful. A stretch, right. right, right. It's a stretch, but this could happen, and that's the scary thing. You're like, oh god. 
like I've done there. Like I've been there, man. This is something similar has happened or you've heard about it. And it's not just in the script. You've heard about it. Yeah. Like we got trapped up there for whatever, whatever, you know, we got trapped up for, for a day while this shut down or that this broke or like things like this happen all the time. Or think about when we were kids and people talk about going to King's Island being like, I got stuck upside down on the Cobra. <laughs> roller coaster. No, and they didn't. But that's right, what right, they would right, say. Right, I got right. stuck upside down on King Cobra roller coaster. Yeah, it's just. Uh, well, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, that's what really appealed to me, and I'm glad you brought that up, Matt Chan. Is that like to me? And and you know, I've I've tried to you know, I've thrown some ideas at Mad Chan for short films or films over the years. To me, it's the everyday things. Yes, that yes. are t- like I love slashers. I love possession films. Those are my bread and butter. But to me, the scariest ideas are things that could happen any day. Like one day, my wife and I were hiking through like one of the state parks down in Anderson. We're going along in these river and like two like two canoes full of like eight guys come like by on the river while we're hiking along the trail and i'm like man these dudes could jump out and kick my ass and, and do something to my wife that's that's horror you know yeah, what i mean like yeah, those are the, and they didn't they, they waved and said hey and you know raised their beer at us now, now, where, were you, where were you at uh mounds in anderson mounds and anderson? not mounds and mounds mounds <laughs> I dedicate this episode to Harry Williams. <laughs> I dedicate this episode to hillbillies everywhere. So, so you were at the mounds? Mounds. So anyway, we're mounds in Anderson, not okay. mounds in Brookville. Okay, so the thing is, realistically, see, you're like, man, these guys could jump out and kick my ass and do something to my wife. I look at it completely different. I live the lifestyle as well. Like, these guys could jump out and ass rape me, and I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> my wife would have to watch it. <laughs> Honestly, one's about as bad as the other. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's every, that, yeah, this is relatable. Yes. yes. And so, like, so, like, that's always my idea. Like, if I ever get an idea for like a horror story, it's it's those everyday things that like you encounter when you realize how powerless you are, and that's the idea behind Frozen. Is they're powerless. Exactly. And what's funny, and, and what literally. I and what I love, yeah, <laughs> literally, and what I love about it is that there was no sinister thought behind them getting stuck up there. Mm-hmm. I went into the film and like they're they're feeding you things about you know they're paying off this guy but they piss him off and yeah. stuff like that and I'm like oh he's gonna do it he's gonna it's gonna be him he's gonna make him get stuck up there you find out yeah. there, there's no there's nothing behind it there's no there's no ill yeah I was very pleased with that too that's a very and, good point and to it's, bring it's up like man it was an honest mistake yeah well and, because they weren't supposed to be there. As well, far but, as, as, far yeah, as everybody but, else running the park knew. But, and, you know, when they you watch weird. a movie, though, like, I mean, reference 90% of Stephen King's work in the last 20 years, there would have been an eight-armed, three-headed giant bear that came out that was part of a <laughs> devil's plan related to the car that's possessed that they drove. It's like, Sherry Moon Zombies riding yeah, it. Yeah, I just thought it was so refreshing that the, along the whole way, the really the only thing that, you know, was there added on is supposed to be there. Wolves. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, you know natural. what I mean? Wow. I love that there was never a crazy twist. I, I feel like that keeps the viewer also attached to the reality and realism of the story. I welcome anyone to watch this movie and then go ski within the next six months <laughs> and tell me you don't think about this. Now, I won't ski because I don't screw with gravity. I don't do anything where I fly down mountains or jump out of planes. Not my cup of tea. But, no, I, I did love that. I love that it stayed grounded. I thought that was refreshing. Yeah. Real, real quick before we move on, 
I'm just I, getting you had, up. you had three. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we, we've got a lot to cover, but you, you've you got three characters. Yeah. You've got Parker, Joe, and Dan. Who's your favorite character? Because they all three brought something different. Um, I would say... Okay, who, who do you think did the best job? Like, Emma Bell did an amazing job yeah, in this movie. I would say... But Sean Ashmore, Ashmore yeah. killed it. Yeah, to me, that was Ashmore's performance. Like, Sean Ashmore Lynch, the character killed of Lynch. it. Oh, yeah, okay. Of Joe okay. Lynch, might I... <laughs> Let's throw that in there real quick. Yeah. yeah. This character is named Joe Lynch, after Adam Green's friend, and, <laughs> and another man who was... Uh, fellow filmmaker a man who was in the film cameo joe lynch <laughs> he's the guy that's in um he's in the chairlift he's in, Adam's right in, one, yeah, of, Adam's like, oh, Adam's in one of the yeah, chairlifts yeah. and joe's in one of the chairlifts yes, you have to love their cameos throughout <laughs> right, the right. honestly i love the dude who jumped down because i would be that idiot I'm like, <laughs> well not idiot i mean the guy he's not an idiot he's right. trying he's trying yeah. to save them and no, that's really that's my idea yeah like, because my upper body strength, I wouldn't be able to scale that cable. I'm Most like, wouldn't. I mean, that dude was in good shape. That was, honestly, you know, I'm glad we touched on that, because if I have one complaint, it's that. I was yeah. like, man, that's a long drop. You need to get a little more desperate. Now, I understand you're trying to keep this one within the length of a movie, but I wish they would have just popped something on the screen that said, like, three hours later or something that, ju <laughs> something like, that justified yeah, jumping yeah. half a mile down. Yeah, but, like, yeah. frostbite setting in and. Like, like, things are happening, and, and you know if you don't make this leap now while you're in the shape to make this leap. No, I get the logic. To right, me, it's right. just too soon. <laughs> okay. Too well, soon. and, you know, another thing, too, if we're going to be honest, I mean, let's, the physics of the movie are a little off. You know, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, so let's say. The physics aren't off. You're just reaching for Because he just, because he just, like, he just, like, jumps off. He's like, Excelsior. And jumps <laughs> off. Like, let's say, okay, so let's say, like, hangs onto the bottom and gives himself six more feet. That's a big difference. You right, know, right, like, right. He gives himself six or seven more feet. Let's say he left his snowboard on, drops, kind of does a little tuck and roll, and gets some slide action. I don't know. But, I mean, they were, I mean, I'd say easily, if you're watching the film, 40 or 50 feet up. Yeah. That's that's huge. I'm just saying, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's important yeah. to remember the distance. Man, like, when you're sitting there, that's a drop. Like, yeah. you really have That's to be, no like, at joke. the edge of, like... Right. Like, like you have to know at this point, we are not going to live. This is my only option. And yeah. I, that was my thing. Right. I was like, come on, man, just wait. But, like, let's like, try something else first. But, yeah. like, the, the hysterics of the situation... Oh, yeah. Like, my first thought would be, like, fuck it, we're not, we're not coming out of here alive. Let's eat the girl. <laughs> you did not eat the girl. Well, I guess... It's like, I would eat you first, Chris. I'm just saying. <laughs> if it was girl. me, you, and any woman, I'd be like... I can have her at least for some kind of pleasure before I die. I'm going to kill this one. I guess the moral of the story here is that is that if the three of us are ever trapped on a on a lift, which they would never let the three of us all together at once anyway. Like, I'm not allowed to ride a lift by myself. The point of the, the so moral of the story please. here is that Chad would be the one with broken legs getting ripped apart by wolves. Listen, he justifies that. Listen, I'm just I'm sorry, dude. I would never be on that lift with you guys. They would hire a Sherpa to drag me back up the mountain. <laughs> They'd be like, listen, roll that guy up the mountain. We'd be down cooking hot dogs in the lodge. Man, but <laughs> watching them watching them. But yeah, man, like that. You know, that drop, and I, I think about that, and it's, man, that's, you know, the guy didn't know how to fall. He snapped both legs. I mean, yeah. Come on, dog. What do you mean, doesn't know how to fall? <laughs> Where do you go? It's like, all right, today in class, we're going to teach you how to jump from a 50-foot <laughs> drop. I'm like, and man, not break your legs. I'm like, right. fall and sprain an ankle, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. 
But yeah, just, he fell and broke. Bro- I mean, no, I think you he can have broke both of his legs. Right. I mean, and that's me. the thing. Like, yeah. you could you can hurt yourself falling from ten feet. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Homeboy is forty or fifty feet up. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And so that's the thing. Like, man, there's just no way to think about it because like the, you you watch it and you're like, you know, he may have not done it right. But that's very easy to happen. <laughs> I like how Grizz is stuck on the fence. This dude didn't fall right. You didn't fall right. I've been to stuntman school, all right? Well, I'll tell you what. If he breaks his that's collarbone, he can still live. Right. And break right. them legs, he's dead. <laughs> right. He ain't helping like, nobody. It's like, I guess that's the point I want to make. He should have thought about it a little yeah. bit. Homeboy <laughs> just jumps out. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. When I say that that was my only complaint, it doesn't affect the movie for me. No, like, I love it. I'm just saying in terms of backing up what I said where I placed myself in the film. Yeah. You know, I mean, for anyone who stood on an eight-foot ladder, <laughs> you can understand the severity when you're looking 50 feet down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, that That, that was my only thing, but I got over it quickly. Yeah. I mean, it was an uh, excellent movie. Right. All right. Very well, good. That's, that's uh, last, last mention, love the Kane Hodder cameo. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Finally got a not, doesn't have a mask on, and then he can't hear. Doesn't seem <laughs> okay, that's all I've got to say on prison. Great movie. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go watch it. All right, now before we um, before we dive into our next, uh, we're basically doing the features. I want to give a little explanation here. Now, um, Adam has a lot of shorts out there. Um, uh, the Fairy Tale Police, TiVo, um. A few others, of course, coffee and coffee and donuts. If you can get your hands on that, and watch that. I mean, he has a lot of other things that he does out there. We're just talking about the features right now, and be- the things that are more readily available to you. Mm-hmm. You may be able to find these shorts, or if you know where to get them, more available than I do. Please contact. Um, but I, moving along, I guess we're going to slide into Hatchet Two. Oh, good. Yeah, Hatchet oh, Two. Sorry. So you know. Yeah, Hatch 2, what'd you guys think? Overall, just from a nutshell to start off with. Man, take the lead on that. All right, so uh, Hatchet 2 to me... Okay, so coming off of the Hatchet, the love so much, I heard that Hatchet 2 was made available. I was so excited about this movie, and then I went and watched it, and from the opening scene, we have replaced Tamara Feldman with Danielle Harris. Say what? Now, if, if... if I was having a wet dream and you replaced Tamara Feldman with Danielle Harris, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm a huge fan of, I, and I don't know the circumstances, but I'm a huge fan of if it's not broke. Don't, you know. And, right. And I thought, right. I thought Feldman had done at least a decent enough job for the character that she played in the first movie. Yeah. But then when we snap to and it takes place immediately after and it's, it's Danielle Harris and we move right back into it, that kind of immediately took me out of this film like because i'm a huge fan of that like i had made mention earlier like if when brian singer ceased to direct x-men 3 and brett ratner took over if brett ratner would have replaced all the x-men i'd have been done it's like because you have an established storyline so to me that was an established storyline it's not taking anything away it's not didn't take anything away from the movie and who was in the movie and ra was in the movie and of course we had tony todd in the movie yeah but I mean, right off the bat, that was a, that that struck a negative chord for me. First off, to be honest, that may have been that could have been the only thing that would have saved X Men Three. Honestly, if he would have replaced the whole cast, that movie was turd. What? City. Random versus Singer. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get your point because it's just I, as I said, I had watched, I'd, I'd seen Hatchet one three or four times, and 
you know, I, I discussed my difficulty with that earlier. But uh, yesterday, when I rewatched Hatchet 2 for the first time... Um, you rewatched it for the first time? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> because the first time around was good enough. Uh, <laughs> when I rewatched it for the first time and Daniel Harris pops up, I was like, man, I just don't remember old girl being in the first one. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe I was the crazy one, but I'm glad you cleared that up. Because no, no, no. She's, a, she's married, but she takes right over with Tamara Phelps. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, man, I just don't want to say about Hatchet 2. Um, well, then maybe you had to pass it over to the professor. Let's yeah, let me... Let's get a little AK going on Okay. Here, right? Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'm ready to get ripped apart. I love it. I love it just as much as the first one, if not more. I don't care. Okay. Um, I do agree that the replacement is silly because it's like I said to you guys earlier, it's unnecessary. The The original character of Mary Beth is there looking for family members who had gone missing. Exactly. So why couldn't Daniel Harris be the sister from the same family of the girl from the first one? Well, who's so there Mary, Beth, Mary Beth lives. I know, but she's been missing, so right. why can't okay. we have her pop out of the woods right. and okay. see, you know, from the back angle out on the water, uh, Crowley throw a head with long hair into the water and right. realize, you know, this is the sister. It was just unnecessary and to, to make her the same character or even have, uh, you know, Daniel Harris show up two days later and say, you know, my sister has been missing for days. I don't know what happened to her. And and we don't even have to visit what finalized at the end of the first one. Right. It would kind of be implied with the way the movies went. Everybody gets ripped to pieces. Um, that that really, I thought was kind of kind of silly with replacing him with the same character name. I didn't like that, so I certainly agree with that. But other than that, I think um, like we like we mentioned before, the reviews say it all. If you look online, whether it be IMDb or people's just you know forum boards. There's really no middle ground, and to yeah. me, that's always the mark of somebody doing something right, whether you don't <laughs> like it or not. They made something at least to engage the interest. Um, I liked it. I thought that it continued more and upped it, which is what a sequel should do. We were told, taught that in Scream, along right. with all the movies we watched, which is higher kills and more creative. To me, that's what this film was. Yeah, that's right. What I, that's what I took it as. So. Okay, maybe one of you remembers, but can somebody explain to me? I remember the hype around Hatchet 2 was that it got, like, yanked from theaters or yanked from, yeah. like, instant on cable or something like that. Yeah, I was like, talking to Matt Chandler. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the original cut of it was just too brutal. Can, can anybody explain? No, the original cut, basically, is what you see on DVD. The okay. problem was is that, you know, it was okay and so on and so forth, and then when they got done... They said, we're editing this. This is ridiculous. And they cut, like, I think it was the equivalent I told you or I read two, on, two, on two minutes, two minutes yeah. of actual killing. Not segments, like literally action, two <laughs> minutes, which is almost everything. So basically, you got to think the Suits approved a slasher movie. And then when it came time to get it out there and distribute it, they were like, you're slashing people. <laughs> we're not doing this. And so basically... And, you know, as I've read, Green was very supportive of things that needed to be done, but he wasn't going to put the movie out like that. Yeah. And then when it, uh, it came up with Redbox, they did the edited version. And instead yeah. of him complaining, he embraced it and said, they need to make their money. I, I'm not mad at them. And he, yeah. sa and he said, also, take this opportunity and go rent it from Redbox 
and see what it would have been like oh, if I had okay. basically, for lack of a better term, sold out yeah. and it had been in theaters. Yeah. So, you know, fans were up in arms, obviously. So it never went to theater? Nope. Because of that? Okay. Yep. Okay. At That's least not was. anywhere we were. Yeah, there was right. no true di- distribution. Well, we don't get anything in the theater where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, Mad Chan, you know, as a guy who loves Hatchet 1, tell me what about Hatchet 2 did not um, I'm not the Frankenstein kind of guy. And what I mean by I'm not the Frankenstein kind of guy is when we all pick up pitchforks and band together and to go get the monster, that's not me. That's just not, I've never been that guy. Like, when you watch Jaws, it's Quint that goes after the shark. And Brody and, you know, they Hooper, they tag along. Yeah. And they all go out as a three-man group. Yeah. But when, every, when the lynch mob goes out searching for the kill, I'm not that guy. <laughs> no, because that's the thing. Like, whereas it was a group of un- it was a group of unsuspecting it was a group of unsuspecting people taking a swamp boat tour that were slaughtered in the first place. Yeah. Now it's a group of guys out on revenge, shotguns in hand, getting brutally slaughtered one by one because they aren't doing the they aren't doing the simple thing as looking out for each other. Right, uh, well, I tried that in round one, though. Well, Grizz, if we were hunting, if we were hunting ducks, there is no way in hell a duck's going to sneak up on us. I'm just saying. Right. And this is a full blown man who's attacking people. Right. I don't know, man. There's just that that element is never been there for me. Like when we all go hunt the monster, I'm not really not into it. Yeah. Like, because the monster, something always happens. Like, they burn down the beast castle, but he still gets <laughs> Bell in the end. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm just not that guy, man. Ron Perlman hides in the sewers. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, I'm just not that, I don't know, man. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I like, I like the concept. Yeah. I understand what was trying, what was going on. And I really like the fact that they made the Tony Todd character. Yeah, that was Yeah, awesome. yeah, they made the Tony Todd character more than what he was is he was and, just a cameo in the yeah first right one. the first yeah. one right right and um from what i understand these were always conceived to be more i don't know i'm not adam but i, I from what i understand hatchet was always conceived to be more that that character was always going to be have a bigger part in a later movie yeah so i kind of like that but like yeah. i said that goes back to the daniel harris character versus the tamra Feldman. you know what i'm saying right, same character right. she comes in she spots her case then you've got a but i did like the fact that milhoff or Say it with me. R.A. How do you say R.A.'s last name? I don't know. Mil Hyalof? No, it's M-I-H-A-I-L-O-F. Mil Anyway, R.A. Like, R.A.'s in the movie. Like, you've got a bunch of... You've got a bunch of badasses that go out. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, man. That's just kind of where I'm at. So here's the funny thing. After re-watching Hatchet 2, which I didn't enjoy the first time around, I watched it yesterday, um... You know, I I think I may like Hatchet Two better than Hatchet One. Okay, which well, is I'm teetering. I hope it. you like anything better than you like Hatchet. <laughs> Hoping you enjoy a foot rub more than you like Hatchet One. Because the thing is, because like I knew the score this okay. time around. You know, what I mean, and and I have to say it's because I rewatch Hatchet Two, and the fun thing was is I got all of like Adam's jokes in this one. Um, as we were talking about earlier, like I got his jokes in this one, and so. I love that there was a, a little Jack Chop advertisement in Dr. Zombie's shop. Um, I love that on the TV in Dr. Zombie's shop, um, 
they're interviewing old girl from Frozen, and right. you get and, and of course in Frozen and in this they're making the Holliston references, and that's funny. Um, so I got a little bit of that, and I don't know, but you know what's funny is is we were talking about the professor and I were joking. Was Danielle Harris supposed to be that bad of an actress in this movie? I can't. Or was on that part much, of the joke? We might have a future someday. Because she's not a bad. Yeah, I, and, and Professor uh, <laughs> is secretly in love with Danielle Harris. But, it's not a secret to tell people. Yeah, and say yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we made him take all those posters down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, but the thing is, like, because she's not a bad actress. Was she supposed to be bad in this? Maybe. Was uh, Victor Crawley, like, his makeup and wounds, uh, was it a continuity error or was it supposed to be a continuity error? Yeah, like, at the end of the first movie, he was got, he was, for lack of better terms, he had some things wrong. He pretty beat up. He was pretty beat I mean, yeah, he did, yeah, right? Yeah. And then at the beginning of two, it was like it never happened. Right. Yeah. Even like, even though like, and going back to my dude, and I'm never gonna let him go. Like, even though Joel David Moore was dead in, in the boat <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, like, right. like all that happened. But like, it's like Victor was just like he he was cured by the waters of Lake Minnetonka. You know, like, right, like right. Prince had him jump in, and all of a sudden he was atoned and <laughs> he was better. Purple rain. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Rain. But you notice, like, so, yeah. he goes into the water and he comes back out, and he's he's cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Now, this may be. For interpretation to you guys, you may not agree. It's certainly nothing I can prove, but to me, the whole point of these films, are, you know, are being an homage to the to the old '80s slashers. Right. What better way to do it than pick apart some of the things that drove you nuts as a kid? Exactly. That Adam Green's like, well, this is going to not even make sense at the beginning. Uh, this acting is going to be exaggerated because I'm just going to say this, and we've already clarified that I do like Danielle Harris a lot. But she has been in front of the camera since she was a little girl. I've yep. never seen her perform that ex- like that exaggerated. Yeah. And so, it, you know, if she did, so be it. You can't win them all every time. Yeah. But to me, I thought it was a little tongue in cheek. So and, here, yeah. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead, no, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So here's the thing. By Hatchet Five, will we be looking back going, "This is genius." Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm and sure we will. And I'm that's sure we the will. Thing. So like, you know. Moving right along, Hatchet 3 is out. Yep. I Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Um, and so... As hey, I, we haven't not watched it because of... Because of we didn't want to. We, oh, we no, watched it because of lack of being able to get our hands on, yeah, 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 on yeah. it. Because we're here in Indiana where, well, face it, we're... They consider us movie illiterate. Don't give us good things. On <laughs> yeah, they don't think we watch good. Right? Yeah, we, we don't know what we talking about and stuff. And so what's funny is, by you know, at the end of Hatchet 2, I mean, Daniel Harris all but chops his head off. Yeah, she you know. cuts his whole face up and then, you know, for good measure, blows it to hell with a gun. Right, and that's where we cut. Yep. That's where we cut. And so I'm like, okay, so there should be no Hatchet 3, but there is. And so what's going to, like, if, if Victor Crawley, I'll, I'll make this promise to both of you, if at the beginning of Hatchet 3, we end with Daniel Harris, you know, bashing his brain in and getting ready to pull the trigger on that shotgun. If he gets struck with lightning and come back to life, I'll be a fan. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be on board. I will be on board. If they follow that great cliche from Friday the 13th, count me in. I'm sold. I'm buying my ticket. I mean, why not? It's it's Kane Hodder. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. Granted, he wasn't the Jason that got struck by lightning and brought back to life. That was right. C.J. Graham. But you know, well, but, did, you I know, sh- one thing I did like about Hatchet too, though, man, was how they how he managed to get Perry Shan back in the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, play his twin, twin brother. brother. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and it's such an '80s thing to do, man. That's so great. Yeah. Well, and I was just gonna say something important is that Adam Green did not direct Part Three. He oversaw it, wrote it. Really? I mean, he basically he was basically hovering to make sure it was handled well. Yeah. He kind of promised that to fans initially. What's cool about Three is that the director um, is I I can't remember his name. It's BJ something. He worked on the he's worked on camera work in the past for Adam Green, okay. and he handed it to him. Cool. And kind of like kept it in the family. Yeah, and hung around with him and kind of helped out. But he technically isn't the director. I think it's the first time for okay. uh, McDonald, BJ McDonald, who's BJ done a ton America. of camera work for films. Okay, um, but he he directed it. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right on. Okay. All right, Mad Chan. I think we got one more thing to talk about here. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Hollison? I want to talk about Hollison. All right, I. I want to talk about the. The pure genius that is Hollis. <laughs> and I will say that, and I don't, don't care, you look at I me don't care who criticizes that. it, because Holliston is a work of comedic genius. Because Especially for the horror community. Oh, yeah, because and anybody who says, well, it's not horror, why is it on Fearnet? That's one thing we hear a lot. It's not horror, why is it on Fearnet? Because Adam Green is a horror director. Can he do other things? Yes, I think he's already shown us that. He has range that we're not even we're not even there yet. We don't even know the depths of this man's range. Mm -hmm. But Holliston brings it back around to it's Adam and it's Joe, and they're hilarious. They're <laughs> independent filmmakers who work at a shitty local TV station, which is just like him, right? That's which how he is, made his first movie, which is Four D. They worked Four D. Snyder. He has an imaginary friend, which is Odorous from Guar, living in his closet. He's pining after an ex-girlfriend, played by Corey English. And then, oh, oh, I always forget her name, Joe's girlfriend. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, come on, I'm sorry. She is hilarious, man. Let me get there. <laughs> yeah, so basically, bad. this show in the off-season, in between seasons, they just let it marinate in awesome sauce. <laughs> it is awesome. I have such a blast with it. I mean, you take it for what it's worth. You know, it's it's not. I don't look at I'm so, so, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Chan's derailing right now. Um, I've got to say, you know, no, I have kidding. to give it a second chance. You uh, have to. Last time we we filmed some podcasts, you guys brought it's it over. Laura. It's Laura Ortiz. I watched two episodes of it, and you know what? Eh, it's okay. Um, and now that I I, I have have developed a healthy uh, enjoyment of, of Adam Green, I, I owe it to him to go back. I think you'll like it a lot more. Yes, well, I think so. Man, like, you go through this, and we get to, if you've, if you've seen the show, you get to the end of season one, and they're at a horror convention. Yeah. And they want to get John Landis, of all people, they want to get John Landis oh. to kind of bless their script for shin pads and kind of send it on. The weirdest thing about that is, I swear to you, I was going to go to Pittsburgh to a convention put on by the Horror Hound staff several years ago because John Landis was there and I wanted to get John Landis to bless a script that we started filming the Monday after the convention and I didn't go and the movie ended up being crap but anyway I didn't I didn't go but the thing is to see Adam Green poke fun at that 
even though he's making fun of me, and I'm like, damn you. I, like, it was hilarious. Yeah, well, because he that was, was there. there. Yeah. Right, right, man. And, like, he, he brought in Kane Hodder and Daniel Harrison in that episode. And then we have Tony, the whole Candyman episode with Tony Todd. It, it's a great show. It pokes fun at horror, but it, it, it embraces and, yeah. horror and, and praises it yeah. at the same and time. And that's what's nice about him doing it is because oh, yeah. he's earned the right to. He oh, was yeah, just dude. as dorky as the best of them oh, over the years, and loved it just like us. yeah, just like <laughs> what we're doing right now. Yeah. And that and that's why you appreciate the humor versus being like, screw you, bro, man. Like Adam Green talks about, they talk about in that episode. He says um, he's talking about horror fans, right? And it, it, it basically he's making fun of all the people that you know, not making fun, but like talking about all the people that would come and talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, they're always sweaty and smelly and they, <laughs> they have a foul odor and this and that so i got the chance to meet the holliston crew at a horror hound week and i get to meet the entire crew it was amazing uh but when we got up i finally got up there and adam's the first one in line he doesn't have a chair he's just all up and up and out you know i'm sure he had a chair but he was just up and out and taking pictures with people and i was like this dude is amazing man like you get to sit here and watch him be involved in everything that everybody was saying. Yeah, he's still Whether grounded. he really was or not, he was just so involved in everything everybody was saying. So we come up and he pulls my little picture and I was like, can you sign that to Chad? He was just like, yeah, how do you want me to sign it? And I was like, well, I'm trying not to be the fat, smelly guy. that you're." So he was just like, so he signs it, Chad, you are not the fat, sweaty, <laughs> smelly guy. And I was like, this is amazing because he had said, because he knew it instantly. Because he yeah. wrote, he, he knew instantly. He was like, oh, that's it, dude. Yeah. Like, he knew, and then we got down the line, and I met Dee, and met Corey, and, and met Laura, and uh, Odorous, and move on down the line to Joe Lynch. And Joe's sitting all the way down here on the end, and Joe looks at what Adam wrote, and he was just like, liar. He's a fucking liar. And he's like, Chad, you are the fat, smelly, sweaty guy, and you are you disgust me. And, like, and Joe wrote all this stuff on my poster. And then I was like, Joe, you know, can I get a picture? He was like, yeah. And he sat on my lap. So, like, I have experiences just from this show that took it even further. It's nice to know that the characters you're watching are kind of like that. Exactly, dude. Like, the best part was him. Like, he, anything that anybody said to him, he had something great to say in response. Or anytime somebody was praising him, like I'm doing now, I went on my fanboy tangent. But he was just so accepting of it, but not like, you're right, I made Hatchet. You know, he was just like, oh, dude, thanks for being here, and... I mean, he's just an awesome dude all the way around. And all the last thing I'll say about Hostin real quick is that oh, sorry, you can't I, I for- got off. Of Hostin. Oh, no, you can't. You can't forget that you. It's the only time you'll get to watch a sitcom where you have endless cameos from horror stars that you know. But also, uh, you know, Bears. Victor Crowley may run in the bedroom and cut Adam Green <laughs> yeah, the hell up exactly, with a hatchet man. in an episode, or they do a scanner's head explosion. Exactly. And then you know, it's just a lot of fun for horror fans. But oh, that's yeah. that's the last thing I'll say about Hostin. I know we're starting to wind down towards the end of the episode. Oh, no, man. Holliston is just amazing. If you guys haven't seen it, check out Fairnet. It's a season one's season on two's Blu-ray. Season airing two's right out. Now. Season two's airing now. I mean, check it out, man. All right, man. Well, you guys have sold me. I'm going to go back and give it another chance, especially now that I went through and watched a bulk of his movies and rewatched some of them. And, and I got to say, he, he sold me. I think, I think this guy's got a bright future ahead of him. I know he's put in work. And uh, but I think his best years are ahead of him, and uh, he's got me. I'm his, on, I'm on board. His character definitely helps. You never hear a bad story about the guy. He's oh, always never. helping someone or being nice to somebody. Exactly. They did. I mean, just to put that out there, like uh, he just did a fundraiser for the people in the Boston Marathon. It's for, you know where he's from, Hollison up Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, he's just 
he gives back whenever he can. And he's always had he's always had this. I don't want to say pristine, but he's always had this great image, public mm-hmm. image in my eye. And then when you meet the man, he's so full of character and he's yeah, so full. It's of, not a PR yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, just, it's so hey, full of he's you. He's a nice guy. Hey, and I'm gonna put this out there, and I'm not. I'm not trying to kiss a by any means, but Adam Green is like the biggest, one of the biggest celebrities I've ever met, and he doesn't charge for autographs. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, dude. He's just. He was a fan once. He knows what it's like, and he gives back to the fans. And there, there's nothing. Better you can say about that is the fact that he cares enough for his fans to be like, well, this dude ain't, this dude might not have the thirty dollars it takes or twenty dollars that these other folks are charging, but he loves yeah. my movies and he's got his hatchet poster. He's got it, you know. He's he's rocking his green garb, his Holliston shirt. Yeah, he, come he's, on over. He's done it, you know. And, and he remembers here. it. He remembers being that kid that couldn't get an autograph because he had already gotten two. That's right. cool. Right, man, that, I think he's awesome, dude. Like. That's me. <laughs> I, I I will just say this, and I mentioned it earlier to you on the on the way here. Um, what really impresses me about him, among other things, and we we've gushed about different aspects, but the key word for me is diversity. Oh yeah. For a young director in the horror genre uh, to come out with the success of Hatchet, it would have been very easy to be on Hatchet Part Six by now. Instead, we've you know dived into psychological tear. We've dived into you know enriched yeah. character right. development and spiral. Uh, we've got just endless different ways that he's approaching films. Right, right. And I, that's what I respect the most. And that's what's exciting about waiting for more to come out in the future. I think he's working on a documentary right now. But he just seems to cover so much ground and so quickly. Yeah. See, and he has no, like like the professor just said, man, you go from a slasher film to a psychological thriller to an actual thriller, bro, and then bring it back. He did another slasher film, and now we've got a comedic, Horror episodic television show. Yeah. I mean, I agree, man. I don't. I don't think we've seen. I don't even think we've begun to scratch the surface of what this guy's capable of. And I, you know, and I think watching his other films gave me a new appreciation for Hatchet. Yeah. So I'm ready to. to That's cool. You know. Right. Another good reason why we do this. Right. For sure. Well, I think that's all that we could possibly say about Adam. this man, Adam Green. Thank you, Adam. Thank, thank you for your work, and thank you all for listening. To this show, we we couldn't do this without you. Actually, we could, but we. <laughs> but it would just be us then. So yeah. far we have. Yeah, so far we have. But uh, you know, thanks for listening. We're gonna get into some more fun stuff in the future. And uh, signing off for Midwest Monsters, I am your man, Grizzly Abner, Madchen, and Professor Wagstaff. I hope that you all will just stay scary. Oh man, gosh, guys, we, that was a that was a great episode on Adam Green that we did, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. it was Good a treat. stuff. Just really a treat. Just, just a treat. Mad Chan, what do you think about that? It was a treat. Oh, Mad Chan, tell us a little bit more about it. How'd you feel about that last? Time? I thought it was a treat. You know, we talked about uh, Adam Green, one of your favorites. Tell us about when you met him. Oh, he was a treat. Come on, just tell us a little bit more. <laughs> it was the best day of my life. Yeah, tell us a little it bit. It was more a Saturday in March. Cincinnati. Tell us a little bit more, buddy. Ah, uh, dude, it was the greatest day of my life. Yeah, it was a Saturday. Yeah. It was in Cincinnati. Yeah, I had gone to the convention the night before with the professor, and true Todd passion, Shrek, I got pissed. And uh, we had had a horrible time at the convention because the convention was ran that night like um, like a big piece of shit, big <laughs> pile of piece of shit. But then I had decided at one o'clock in the morning that I was driving back the next day because I didn't get to meet Adam Green, Joe Lynch. 
Corey English, Laura Ortiz, D. Snyder, and the late Dave Brocky. I didn't yeah, get to meet them. Old, which, come to find out... Well, at the time, he wasn't, obviously, wasn't late. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't get to meet them. So I decided that I was going to drive back, turn right back around a few hours later. Like, I slept for three hours, drove back, got back into Cincinnati from our hometown, an hour and a half drive. I got back there about 5 in the morning. So from 6 a.m. until 11, I waited. I stood in the line. I finally got in the building, and I got to meet the Holliston crew. Mm. And what a treat. It, it was so amazing. They're, like, they were the most personable, nicest people that I've ever met at a convention, and not one of them. There's six of them, six stars of this show that I absolutely love. Not one of them charged me a dime. All promo. That's awesome. That's it really awesome. was, especially and, Adam. I mean, and not to take anything away from D. Snyder or Dave Brocky, but Adam and Joe, like, seriously, nobody charged me a dime. Like, I took a great photo with Adam. Adam never sat down the whole time. He makes mention how he never likes to sit down. He never sat down the whole time. It was amazing. And then Joe Lynch. Joe sat on my lap. I've, I've made mention of that before. Joe mm -hmm. sat on my lap. I got I got this awesome photo. It's my Twitter handle photo because it was just an amazing time by all men. Oh, so, yeah. Things that they mentioned about that weekend was that, one, that was the only time the cast was ever all together. And that's including on set because they would block and film off differently. Oh, with like, for instance, D. Snyder, yeah, right, his right. other commitments. So he would be there. So that was literally besides the photo shoot when the show first was getting started. Yeah, that's the first time they were all together. Was there in Cincinnati, and they referenced that, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And they also talked about how during the day, like, they didn't get to eat lunch. I think Lynch said that he held off from going to the bathroom for like four hours just because like they didn't want to turn people away that had been waiting. So, which would have been what you. I refused to go because yeah, I was yeah, so yeah, agitated yeah, yeah, yeah. from the yeah, night yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning in again. And this is, you're not tuning in again because this is a, a follow-up right yeah, now. We yeah, have, yeah. We have, we're adding this to the end. We have talked about Adam Green in the past. We did a great Adam Green episode. And we had held off on releasing it because we realized that we just hadn't covered the subject well enough. You just heard an hour of us kissing Adam Green's butt because we love Adam Green. <laughs> yes. And uh, we just decided that wasn't enough. No, no it's so really much not. There's so much right more. Right. There's so much it. more that came out right after that episode. And so this is a follow-up. Um, and by well, now... We, and I want to point out that we've never done this and there's never been any subject I've felt, I don't know about you two, that we've needed to recover or cover more yeah, of. Right. But Adam Green just happens to be that person because he's still very much working and he's very much relevant to who we are and what we do and what we like yeah, in this industry. Absolutely. So what, we, what we're doing now is we're just coming back and we're hitting on some things that we missed, uh, some things that happened after we talked about it. And so this is... This is a, a new for the, the Midwest Monsters. And so, uh, obviously, you've heard the guys talking about what uh, a show that we call Holliston. Um, and I don't know. Uh, we're going to switch the format here just a little bit. We're going to let Professor take the lead. Yes, We're going to let him bat first. Yeah. We're calling him up from the bullpen. <laughs> like that, wild thing. Wild, wild thing. thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so this is... Uh, this is interesting for us coming back to this because we've been wanting to for a while. Yes. Um, literally within a couple of weeks of doing the original show, you know, it's like <laughs> we, we started listening to their podcast, which we'll talk a little oh, bit about yes, in a bit. Yes, yes. Um, I met him in Indy, which I've addressed on the show previously, so I won't really go into that other than he was a stand-up guy. Just incredible to meet. I can tell my stories about him all day. I mean, they, they really are stand-up. Um, but since then, uh, Hatchet 3 yes. came out. 
Uh, we've all gotten to enjoy two seasons of Holliston, yes. which we'll obviously talk about, um, and then some of his upcoming projects. So why don't we start off with Hatchet 3, which he did not direct, um, he was a producer on, uh, but certainly was there through it in a very plagued uh, shooting experience exactly. from all accounts um, that were involved. Um, but he still certainly had a hand in helping and making sure that what he had started got taken care of. So let's open it up to you guys. What did you think of Hatchet 3? If you remember, uh, in the previous episode, we had talked about you know that I wasn't entirely sold on the Hatchet series, even though I enjoyed them and I like Adam Green and his style. I wasn't entirely sold on them. Sue me. Uh, but I said, you know what? If, if, if he makes... Victor Crowley come to life with a lightning strike in the third film. He will have earned a fan for life. He didn't do that, but he put a unique twist on the Victor Crowley legend. Correct me if I'm wrong, but because it's been a while since I watched three. Victor Crowley comes to life at the same time every night. Isn't that how they tied mm-hmm. it into the folklore here? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good twist. Yeah. Well, they they say that every night he re, he keeps reliving the night that he died. And they, yeah. yeah, that that doesn't come into the lore till three, though, right? I didn't miss that in earlier. Films. Yeah, right. right, that, right yeah, so really go into it. So yeah, so that's that that was a good catch. I like that. Mad. Um, let's just talk. It's 2013. We've got Daniel Harris back. We've got Kane Hodder back as Victor Crowley. Um, we bring in Zach Galligan. Um, so you may know him from Gremlins. The Hangover. Gremlins frame. Yeah, he was great in the Hangover. <laughs> Zach Galligan. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, uh, Carolyn Williams. We have Miss Carolyn Williams from Texas Chainsaw 2. Um, Perry Shan comes back. We all love Perry Shan. Perry yep. is a, a from third, movie. third role. <laughs> right. Um, my favorite, uh, possibly one of my favorite horror people on the face of the earth, Derek Mears. Yeah, like, we was, love Derek. Derek is, uh, we got to Derek hang out with him a lot best. of conventions. Just Derek, the best. Derek's amazing. We have a photo hanging on the wall right now made out to us from Derek Mears because he is an amazing gentleman. Um, we That's got to see true. a little bit of Cody Blue Snyder. Um, I thought Cody, I thought he was great in this movie. Uh, we get a little bit of uh, Riley, and the uh, what I the guy I like to call the all-purpose extra, Sean Whalen, because if you remember, like Sean was in every movie for a little bit, for a long time. <laughs> so I call him the all-purpose extra. All-purpose. Right. So that's kind of those are some of the big ones that we have coming into Hatchet Three. Uh, why don't you take us through what goes on in Hatchet Three? Basically, we go epic. Epic. Which I, upon the initial viewing, wasn't sure about. Right. But even by the end of it, I liked it. Just because I felt like it kind of was capping off the trilogy. Like, each movie was its own movie, and you keep elevating the kills, the action. And I liked the approach that was taken in it. I liked that it was really shot in the swamp. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I had a good time with it. I... I don't need huge action right. like a lot of that had, but I was fine with it. And I thought that it tied up uh, the franchise just fine. What about um, what about old Sid Haig playing one of Victor Crowley's relatives? That was a great surprise. That was yeah. a great one. Oh, yeah. He talked about religiously keeping a secret. Right. I, I Which we're not remember. keeping a secret from you guys because he's right there in the beginning. It's not yeah, I can remember the hype the way in. Um, prior to. There's going to be a cameo. Right. There's right. going to be a cameo. And I would I would imagine in the the places where people did get to see it in the theater, they just went nuts for that. What about Adam reprising his role as the drunk president? Yes, in yeah, <laughs> next to him in the cell. Yeah, yeah that was great. 
I thought that was great too. Um, Hatchet Three just like it really is. Hatchet Three goes balls to the wall, like it, machine guns and bigger kills. Bigger kills. I mean, is that the same dog from our Halloween there. episode? Yeah. <laughs> There's a werewolf coming to get us right. Right, now. but I mean, Hatchet Three goes balls to the wall, dude. Yeah. It's really out there, and we've got the tactical team in the swamp. They're they're gonna kill Victor, or they're they're not gonna kill Victor Valley, but they're out to find out what's going on. People are dying. We got Perry Shan coming back, like he's a, one of the EMTs with Sean Whalen, uh, the all-purpose extra. And I mean, there's just so much going on, but yet the story lives on because Mary Beth is still there. She is, she goes to the jail. Uh, Zach Galligan takes her. You know, Carolyn Williams takes her out. It's they end Daniel up back Harris in the swamp, hosed off, hosed off. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, well, the tattoo. Yeah. Some, something I liked about it, too, with, with those style of movies, is I liked that they got real with bringing in all the law enforcement. Because you've had all these people disappearing. It's like, at what point do we need to maybe bring out quite a few people? Which then, in turn, gives you a reason to have a lot of people there to slaughter. So, so everybody wins. Can we examine something else real quick? Mm-hmm. Hatchet 1, Hatchet 2, the next night. Or starts that night. Hatchet 3, the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking three movies over the span of, what, 2006 to 2013. So over the span of seven years, three nights. Two days, three nights. Yeah, two days, three. I mean, it's literally, it, he keeps that continuity, and that's what's amazing about it. Yeah. And Green all, Green has stated in the podcast, in the movie crypt, that it was always meant to be this trilogy, you know? Like, we heard that from Kevin Williamson about Scream. We've heard that about other things. But Green always said that no there was more story there was more victor crowley story like he was excited when he got um tony todd to be in the first movie because he had a much bigger role in the second movie Mm -hmm. you know like that was something that he said a long time ago so i I was really excited about that plus i like the people that he chooses to work with Mm -hmm. like you've seen them before and then some of them you've never seen before yeah so i I just like that i thought that was awesome final thoughts from you grizz Hatchet okay? three, man. I enjoyed Hatchet three. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thought it yeah. tied it up nicely. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah, okay. I, it was well done. With that said, let's move on to Holliston. Ah, Holliston. Holliston. Yeah. All I want to say is no. That's not all you want to say. Don't don't start that conversation. No, okay. Not all I this say. is what I want to open with. <laughs> okay. You've been great. We've been diver down. <laughs> <laughs> D. Snyder, so good at Holliston. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Love D. Snyder. For the, for the minute and a half that he's in each episode. I love so D. Snyder. And you that. guys have to understand. Holliston to us, I don't, I never got Fear, the Fear, Fear Net. Network. Fear Net. I never got that. You Holliston won't now. for me, <laughs> well, well, and you won't now, but Holliston for me was that gem. Mm-hmm. I saw season one when I bought it on Blu-ray. And immediately started pushing this to everybody that would listen to me that had ears. Because this was, for horror movie fans, this is it. You've got the, you've got all the inside jokes. You've got the horror humor. You've got the special guests. They try to scan each other. I mean, (laughs) yeah, the the guests were fantastic. I mean, Tony Todd's got an incredible role. Yeah, dude, Tony Todd, oh, man, the Tony Todd episode was and amazing. And Kane Hodder, too. Yeah, Kane oh, Hodder. Kane Hodder's in episode, episode two. Daniel oh, Harris. Oh, my God. Yes. Pretty incredible, yeah, especially yeah. in season two. Oh, dude, yeah. Daniel Harris um, in season two. Is David amazing. Naughton. So, I mean, it, it, certainly for anyone that's listening to this show, if you haven't watched Holliston, do. 
Um, it it may it might not be for everybody, you oh, know, but no, it's it's something that I love. Oh, I, I and love I love uh, I'm with you on that. I love the the difference in seasons. Um, how you can tell that the seasons one is kind of an experiment, and they've talked about yeah, this yeah, where yeah. there's no real way for them to have feedback on a, a big scale right. because I mean they were filming it all and then putting it out there. Well, by season two, you can tell they're very much more comfortable. Um, they're kind of focusing in on the things that went well from season one in terms of how they deliver the goods uh, to the viewer. So I thought season two, I mean, just from, you know, jump with the Christmas special all the way up to how they finished it, um, especially with the unfortunate passing of, you know, Odorous, Dave Rocky. I hope that they, uh, I hope that they do. I know that there's been chatter and, but I hope that they do get to a season three. And I'll look forward to how they commemorate it because um, Adam certainly is a, a sincere guy, so I know that he'll do that tastefully. But I mean, that was a fantastic ending to season two, I thought, um, with the pump up speech in the bedroom from him. Um, yeah. Rocky, just a Rocky's lot of great, thing, yeah. great parts, and it's just just a lot of fun because you don't even have to be into horror films to appreciate, you know, struggling to get through to what you're trying to do. And, and if you are into horror fans, with there's it. a lot there for you. The inside jokes, the character names. Like, what? what's his hamster's name? Forrest Pinker. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, if you're into horror movies, the inside jokes are there. They're everywhere. And, yeah, like, the fact that David Naughton's chained up, chained up that supposed a werewolf or in, in, yeah. in a, in a hospital. Uh, hospital. Thank you. And then Daniel Harris wears... The Jamie Lloyd outfit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kane well, Hodder they, is... I mean, everything about this show is so amazing, and they're all people that are just out there. Like, in the... Well, what was your favorite episode, man? Like, what is your... Hands down, Holliston, what's your favorite episode? Grips. It's a lot of pressure. No, oh, no. Oh, I, I tell you what, I do. I know my favorite one, and it's going to surprise both of you. It's the Ring episode. The, the ring with the video, with the the ring video awesome. Yeah. It's the video so thing. subtle, like it's if there's no big stars or anything in it, but it's so funny. And then when they close with "Now you have to share this with <laughs> somebody else," it's like, oh, well played. Yeah, well played. So I, I really like that ring episode in season two. That was good. Yeah. You want me to go? Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I would say from a sincere standpoint. Clearly, the last episode of season yes. two, yes. but uh, just from personal enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, personal enjoyment. <sighs> Can I pick two? Am I allowed to yeah, make yeah, a tie? Yeah, pick, pick two, pick two. Uh, Tony Todd, Tony Todd, in so season good. one. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> when you've got Danielle Harris uh, there for uh, trying to score anything Dude. she can off Adam. The culmination with uh, Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder yeah. and the ta- the chatter of their history at, of group activity at <laughs> cons. Yeah, uh, right. just I feel like. Like, especially that episode and the last episode of season two kind of show both strengths of why the show is worth watching. See, mine yeah. is, man, I, I yeah. as much as he picked two, I have to pick three. Because, you know what, <laughs> this one episode really got to me in a in a in just a heartwarming way. I love Suicidal Tendencies, season one of episode two with Kane Hodder. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Every time they mention Freddy versus Jason, how Kane Hodder didn't get it, he goes, like into, this, he goes into this rage. I love Halloween Gal, the episode two with Daniel Harris. I think that one's amazing. She's using Adam to get his pain pills. Yep. I love Rock the Cradle. 
That is such a great episode because it, when she pulls that switchblade out, puts it to Corey's neck, <laughs> yeah. like, you're not going to mess this up for me. Like, <laughs> dude, that's such a... Laura Tease is hilarious. Oh, Laura Tease is always funny. Oh, oh, she's uh, great. Her paintings and every Oh, yeah. anything, anything she does is just downright hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, what about when Joe played her... With Joe... Uh, Supposed to be the parents. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and he tried to he tried to be like he was. Why are we Latino? sitting here like we watching? Why are we reminiscing about the Golden Girls? This is yeah. an amazing show, guys. Like, <laughs> one, seriously. one point I forgot to make about the Ring episode was that he was trying to get that hot girl to watch it. Like mm-hmm. he, he had gone on a date with this hot chick, but she kept making racist comments. <laughs> yeah, she was horrible. <laughs> and so he was like, "Oh, I'll just get her to watch the tape. It'll take the pressure yeah. off of leaves the room." <laughs> yeah. Here, watch this. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, so, that was great. Yeah. So. Any final thoughts on Holliston? Is every, I mean, you've seen both of them now, which yeah. makes me very happy. It's, oh man, it's fun. Like it's fun. I mean, yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, dude, Holliston has some of the best writing and just general. Well, it's for it was, people like us and for people like you. Hopefully, if you're listening to this show, man, and you've never seen Holliston, it's definitely worth checking out. I'm sorry, and, it really is. You know, and I want to make the point like, don't go into it expecting the author. Or like something right. like that. It's right. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, this is no. not. I mean, this, you know, this is not the next Seinfeld. But right. for people like us, it's quirky. It's its own exactly. thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You can't really yeah. sit here and go, "Oh man, this is going to be like you said." I, I think Seinfeld was like, "This isn't going to be Friends. This isn't the New Girl. This isn't. This isn't your, what you expect from sitcom television. This is something completely different, but it's completely amazing. And you don't have to be into horror, but if you're into horror, it's ten times better." Like, the, the officers themselves, man, like Derek Mears and um, oh, Colton Dunn mm-hmm. are just <laughs> hilarious, dude. Like, chicken and biscuits. That's great. I, I hope that things can get worked out in the future to, yeah. to give us at least one more Somewhere. season to plus, tie that up. Oh, man, and plus, you know, they leave you, ah, I can't even, like, they leave you on that cliffhanger. I would actually allow to spoil that. Yeah, just okay. with that. I'll leave it. Yeah, I'll leave that. Season's leave that. a little bit more. You guys, you guys definitely check it out and let us know what you think about it because we love to talk about this this se- this series in particular. We love to talk about this. Let us know on our social media what you think about it. A few more items. Movie Crypt. Oh, what you a think? podcast. Podcast. Yeah. We uh, are a podcast. We are a podcast, yeah. and they are a podcast. So naturally, we should be fighting, but we're not. We should no. be enemies because, but we can't be. You know why? Because. Dude, it's, it's my favorite thing to do. Because we podcast about what he's doing. Right. So, right. Monday, um, Monday mornings at 11. We gave up. By our, 11, I, I'm commenting on what I just listened to. Or by 12, I'm commenting on what I just listened to. We gave up on our Monday Night Wars with the movie crew. <laughs> because they, they obviously won that. And <laughs> no, Joe and Adam and all the amazing things they do on the movie. It's, uh, it's a fantastic show. You get very candid visits from some people. I mean, some of the yes. episodes are just fantastic on there. Um, it's not always from, you know, just people in the horror world. Um, you get a lot of people in the industry, which I think is fascinating. Um, I'm not an aspiring filmmaker, but I certainly like hearing, you know, kind of about the real deal and what some people have to go through. And they have uh, lots of, you know, just little interesting tidbits, but also the sincerity uh, in between Joe Lynch's fart jokes that just is laid down there is fantastic at times. Um, right. So it's definitely worth a listen. Is it Geek Nation? Geek it's Nation, also on yes. iTunes. So yeah, certainly, yeah. you know, if you, ha- if you have any kind of interest, check that out. It's it's a solid show. Yeah, I get mine off of Geek Nation. Um, Geek Nation is a great spot. But 
the movie group really is it's something I look forward to every Monday morning, like I said, ten o'clock Monday morning while I'm in the walk while I'm in the office. It helps me get through my Garfield. It helps me get through my Mondays. Seriously, it does. Because I can just put it on in the background while I'm working. And, and, it, and it, it does. It enjoy me, lasagna. Yeah, yeah. It just helps me pull through. I get to get my lasagna out we're, of hey, it. We're in Because I mean, hey, 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 it is. Jim Davis, baby. But uh, no, I mean, the movie crypt is awesome. They have guests like uh, they had Sam Huntington on. Yeah, he was great. And I love Sam Huntington. Sam was one of those people. And it's, it's neat when I, they have guests on that I've met. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, man, I met Sam. You know, I talked to him about my love of fanboys. And I got to see Kyle Newman and hear Kyle, you know, and talk to Kyle and got to ask a question. And, you, and then you hear him on the movie crypt, and they're people that they know. And they get even more in-depth in everything that you've ever wanted to ask these people. Adam and Joe ask. Well, I just they I, get the candid response. I like that they're very personal in there. Yeah, um, very. Including, you know, Adam and shares, like, what's going on with his life when he deems it appropriate, of course. But it's like it's not it's not glossed over and superficial. It's right. a very legitimate show that, honestly, it feels like, you know, it's gotten to the point where once a week I feel like I ride around the car with two more friends. Right. Know, just, like, I've listened to them at this point for over a year now well over well so over. um it's a it's a very good show so we recommend go check that out maybe just you know try it out with like an episode with sid Haig or somebody that you're familiar with yeah, the yeah, horror yeah industry, kind of get a feel for it and, and, and definitely check out the kane hotter episode if you're a horror fan you have good. to you have to hear this kane hotter episode and, because um, kane gets raw and it, i mean it's just like i still read his book but i mean kane gets raw and yeah it gives one, you the story and it's yeah. and if you really like it Please don't quit listening to us. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're still like, here. Like, don't give up on the Remember, we monsters. told you about yeah. it. We told you about <laughs> We told you. Group, you come back. <laughs> no, we introduced hey, you listen, guys. If they're a horror fan, they know about the movie group. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. We know about the movie group. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Forget you. Guys. Hey, if you didn't know about this, let us know on social media. Um, just kidding. Upcoming projects. For Adam Green. Oh, cannot wait marrow. to see digging up the marrow. Cannot wait. Oh, are we? Did we? We, we gonna talk about Chillerama? Ooh, I didn't write it down. Oh, oh. see, I hand the. Uh, you know what? Before we, before we even go to yeah. digging up the marrow, let's backtrack a little bit because Kenny, Kenny Powers passes the bullpen, <laughs> passes the mound over to Wild Thing, and he drops the ball. Hey, well, I usually help plan. I didn't. Hey, let's get, let's go back a little bit because we didn't talk about it. Let's go back a little bit and uh, let's throw Chillerama in the mix real quick. Uh, I, I, yeah, let me chatter about it here just so so Mad Chan can pull up some info on it. Chillerama was a, a little treat that popped up on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, that looks quirky enough." I didn't know it was it was Adam. And popped up Joe. on Netflix, bro. I ran after this movie. For me, Todd and I ran after this movie for as long as we could track it down. We didn't get to see it in the theater. We didn't get to see it in festival. We chased this movie down. This was the movie to see. Well, in my leisure time, it popped up on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I was not as tired running after the film. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> this was Adam, not only was it Adam Green, Joe Lynch, but it was also Adam Rifkin and Bear McCreary. Like, and fill us in on them a little bit. <laughs> uh, just other, other directors... And other directors, uh, let's see, what would you know? Rifkin was uh, Small Soldiers, um, The Chase, the Charlie Sheen thing. Like, the Butterfinger. Can you give he, us any reason why we Rifkin, should know Rifkin them? wrote Small Soldiers. He, he was the director of The Chase. Is that the little the toy chase. movie? Huh? Is that the little toy movie? Yeah, yeah. With Woody and... 
And, Not uh, Woody and Buzz. <laughs> I, I hate you, dude. That's the reason I hate you. Barry McCreary is a uh, composer, isn't he? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Why well, should we know him? It's because you suck. That's why you should know him. You, you no, all no, suck. you're good friends. You guys Still suck. God damn, damn I just tried to help you. <laughs> you guys suck a lot. <laughs> Be mad at me. That's I'm mad fault. at all of you. <laughs> no, nah, but 2011, bro, you got Adam, you got Adam Joe. It's a, um, basically, I, what, there were four different segments. Uh-huh. Everybody kind of directed one. Uh, uh, you, I guess we're talking about Adam. We can't. We're not really talking about talking Joe. About the whole movie. Movie. I mean, yeah, he's on front. It's so Joe. I plan on talking about Joe Rama. Well, uh, fill us in on the segments and who directed each Brother, movie. my favorite segment in this whole thing. Like, I love Diary of Anne Frankenstein, which is Adam Green. Okay. Um, starring we, uh, starring uh, Joel, my dude. <laughs> Joel, not my dude, but I mean Joel David Moore. Not a robot. Uh, Christina Klebe, who was just in Proxy from. Uh, Proxy from my boy, for real, uh, Zach Parker. No, ha, ha, ha. no, 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 Zach, you got your shout out. Uh, no, Christina Kleeb, who was in uh, Zach Parker's Proxy, also played in this with Joel David Moore and Kane Hodder. Yeah. Who was amazing in this movie. That's and it. Joel David Moore does this ridiculous <laughs> accent. <laughs> Where he's speaking gibberish. Gibberish German. Because he's playing who? Uh-huh. He's playing Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> and and let's let's remind all of our, our listening audience that the Diary of Anne Frankenstein, it's it's Hitler and Anne Frank Einstein. Uh, we just want to remind you all that, that, that Adam is Jewish. So he's allowed to make these jokes. Hey man, you can't just say somebody's Jew. I'm gonna pull my Regina George out. Or <laughs> what was it? It's like Regina, you just can't say somebody's Jewish. Yeah, his uh, his ramblings were hilarious. Yeah, when, when Joel David Moore would start going off, he's, blah, 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 he's just going off, and it's supposed to be German, and they're yeah. putting the, the subtitles up. And I remember at one point I realized I recognized something he was saying. I was like, "That's not even he's German." He's like Jackson Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. all sorts of different stuff. I talked to uh, Christina Cleve, and uh, Adam had told the story before, but I talked to Christina uh, when she was with Zach, and I got my copy of Proxy signed. On Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> but I talked to Christina, and I was like, hey, man, uh, Adam said one time that you helped with the translation, like like the, what's it called? She had helped him translate everything into German. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like waiting for this big, long, like this neat story and got that. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> That's all she gave me, and I was just like, Total "Wow!" And I was like, Total "Joel, Nissan. Joel was speaking." She was like, "Yeah, Joel wasn't speaking real German like everybody else was." I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." And that's all I got from her. She was just like, do you want me to sign this copy of Proxy? She's like, are you ready to get lost in? <laughs> I was like, "Yes, yeah, sign my copy of Proxy." She was like, "Were you a Halloween fan?" And I was like, "Next." Professor Diary of Honestly, there isn't. Uh, much commentary I have for this. I, <laughs> I, I think honestly, it was great. I dude. think the title kind of sums it up. It's just fun. Um, it really was. It was. Lynch's segment oh, that yeah, he did yeah. is entertaining. It, it's Which just one a did fun he movie. Do? He did the one that the runs through. Yeah, the wraparound. The giant uh, sperm. No, uh, the drive-in. Okay. Which yeah. that one? Yeah, that one was good. It's fun. Um, the, it's just Joel, a fun Joel movie. Did the drive-in wraparound. Okay. Laura's I. In that, right? I think so. Yeah, Laura's yeah. in that. She's yeah. In that. I like the uh, 
the uh, I was a teenage bear. werebear. <laughs> I was a teenage werebear. Has to be one of the best things I've yeah, ever I'm, seen. Uh, I'm gonna depart with you guys on that one. <laughs> no, it is dude. way too long. I, I okay, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you lengthwise. Like lengthwise, it was too long. And uh, you I can't talk about length in a movie called I Was a Teenage Werebear. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, the reason I love it is because I totally sold the uh, friend of the show, Vinny, on Chillerama. He was like, should I watch it? I was like, totally. Because Vinny loves werewolves, as you know. He <laughs> was on our werewolf episode. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, there's a great segment called I Was a Teenage Werebear. And I totally sold him on the fact that this was about a guy who became a werebear. <laughs> not a werewolf. No, not a werebear. <laughs> like, I sold him on the, like, he didn't, he didn't know it was like, Friends, friends, listening to the show, it's a were bear in the fact that it's a bear, a big burly man from the gay community bear, not like a grizzly bear that you would find in the woods. And so Vinny start watching it. He texts me that night and he goes, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> He's like, "You didn't tell me that teenage were bear was the gay bear thing." <laughs> so uh, I will always laugh about that. But it's oh, funny. No, I was it's a great skit. So I'm gonna tell you this: we sat down to watch this movie. And Wadzilla comes on oh. about the killer sperm. Yeah. And my wife, with the sperm got to be about the size of a softball, looked at me and looked at Todd. She's like, what the hell are we watching? And went to bed because Todd and I could not stop laughing at the size of the killer sperm. <laughs> that, I, I got to admit, and, uh, that kind of killed part of the movie. No, 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 I thought it was, was a, it. it was a fun opening yeah, because it, it didn't fun, take forever. Dude. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, Lynch's uh, Lynch's wraparound was really yeah, good. Was I love the I movie. Mean, was cool. It was zombies, sex craves zombies at that. But I mean, it was cool, man. It's fun movie. Chillerama really was one of those. Check it out. Oh, definitely check it out. All right. Professor, I'm sorry, I totally... Oh, my. Uh, my end of the bus. I'm being called back up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you get to go. Now, no, you guys, check out check out Chill Around. Uh, just uh, real quick, I feel like we should address uh, upcoming things for yes, Adam yes, that yes. are both sounding uh, pretty exciting. Digging up the marrow, we can't really tell you a whole lot because it's shrouded in mystery. Um, he's done that on purpose. So we're looking forward to it. It's uh, would, How would you describe it from what we've what little we've heard of it, kind of along the lines of, Focusing on if monsters are real in a documentary, mock, not mockumentary, but I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's just we're going to need to watch it before yeah, we can really yeah, talk like, about we it. We can't really talk intelligently about yeah, it. The, look I, know it up. Ray, I know that Ray Weiss is in it. Yeah, he's the main person. Ray Weiss? Yeah, Ray Weiss. Uh, oh, hell no. <laughs> Ray Weiss. Second Ray Weiss reference. Look, uh, but yeah, I know he, Adam. From what I understand, Adam's in it and, like, I, I want to say the usual suspects, but let's go over the usual suspects. Will Barrett, his partner in crime, is DP. Um, from what I understand, Will's in the movie, I think. I think maybe... Um, say we I leave most maybe, of this I think to speculation. Riley, you know, and I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff you can look on IMDb. I don't always trust IMDb. I'm assuming that maybe at some point Sarah's going to be in it. Sarah, El- Sarah uh, Elbert. Her She's, producer. For right, his producer and one of the ones who initially yeah, unmatched so. it. She's I would... Recommend Allison. listeners if uh, just to look it up, maybe poke around a little bit. Right, but it's going to be just a cold watch. And because uh, Adam makes a comment, is this about the, if monsters were real and they were cage fighters? It's not about if they were cage oh, fighters. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, from what I understand, just from the little things that I've heard about it, 
it is a documentary style movie yeah. that um either way it sounds original which is exciting <laughs> it's a documentary style film that that really tests your limits of what is real and what is not and from what I understand, I think Ray Weiss, like I said earlier, is in the movie, but I don't think Ray is Ray. I don't know. Like Adam, we are really Dude, looking playing forward to himself. this. Yeah, I, I no, don't think Ray he is. Isn't. I don't think Ray is no. Ray in this movie. No, but and he is. They have, so I'm really excited to see this. I guess Adam played it at uh, Harry Knowles's Buttnamathon. Buttnamathon. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess it got. Places yeah, I guess it got really good over there, and I know that they played the movie. At it was at Fright Fest over in London, mm -hmm. and got really good reviews over there. So we are waiting to see it anxiously here, as of the time that we're recording this podcast. Don't really and, know if it'll be distributed or if it'll be something we'll just buy on old video. So it depends on what he wants to do. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. And um, what else? What else does Mr. Green have coming out? Uh, if I'm remembering the name correctly, you have the Computer Exorcism at Crooked Lake. Is that the name I of believe it? that is the name. Up on Crooked Lake. The Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers. Candy covered rain. Up on Crooked Lake. Down on Main Street. <laughs> um, but yeah, what he's described with that is uh, that it's going to skip over what you have normally seen in exorcism films with getting to know the family or. The, the, who's going to be the victim in their normal life, this literally is going to cut right into the exorcism. Right, and that's, right, right. I don't know if it's going to be in real time or what, but that's the basis for the movie. And name, did we check that? Is that right? From what I can find, it's Exorcism on Crooked Lake. Okay, there we go. So on instead of that. Right. God damn it, I'm a failure. Oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe I, it is I just, no, we call no. this guy up. I'm the bullpen. All right, well. Anything else to say before I head back down to the miners? Um, listen, uh, I mean, Adam Green does a lot of things. You need to check out Um We might have mentioned this in the main episode, but you need to check out Aeriescope.com. Adam does a lot of short films. Every yeah, year the they Halloween do, Every year shorts. they do the Halloween shorts. Yeah. Uh, always look forward to those. They've got the Saber shorts. Adam directed the first one, I believe. Seth Green directed the second one. Joe Lynch directed the third one. Check out the Saber shorts if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, I mean, if you're just a fan, check those out. Uh, Jack Chop. Jack Chop. Jack Chop. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> he does the best. Dude, I'm sorry. He does. He's one of the best, in my opinion. He's the guy that's who wrote and directed Grace. Grace. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, is it right? Really? Yeah. And he comes in and Because he comes in as their assistant. <laughs> yes, the assistant. <laughs> obviously, he's like, hey, kid, I'm wicked smart. You know, he does that great selfie. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you should yeah. check out Jack Chop. Jack Chop was a good one. Oh, man. Teaching Michael Myers to drive. Oh, teaching Michael that was Myers. Yep, my that's a good one. Oh, so, yeah, definitely good. check out his, his website. Yes. So, I mean, we've done so much with Adam Green. Like, Adam is just, he's an amazing person. He's still out there doing it. Most of the things we talk about are series that are over. We talk about Jaws. We talk about... Um, Friday the 13th, which is not technically over, but I mean, it's it's had its run. It's had its big run. Adam's still going. And we can talk about Joe, and we eventually, we probably will. Lynch, but I mean, Green's just where it's at, man. He's a, he's a horror fan's director. Yeah. And writer. Fun topic to cover, because it's not over. Right, exactly. Yep, absolutely. So we're going to put this show out, and hopefully we get to do another one. Next year, two years, hopefully we get to do another one, because we have a lot of things to talk about with him. Yeah, 
for sure. Certainly. Any final comments from you? Nah, no. I enjoy Adam. I, I just like, uh, I don't know. He just seems like a dude I can get along with. Yep. That's what I like about him. Oh, don't him. be that guy. Like, we could, we could totally hang out, Adam. No, don't be that guy. You're being that guy right I'm now. I'm not being yeah, that guy. I, 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 I just you. vocalized what you've been putting into this whole evening. <laughs> I miss you. Um, so, <laughs> I will just say my final comment is, Adam, keep it up. We enjoy it. Yeah, man, by definitely. some chance, you're on one of your many sleepless nights. We appreciate the work. Keep it going. Adam, we want to party with yeah, you. Yeah, we want to party with you. Like, I like how uh, they always talk about how people say they want to party with Adam and Joe. And he's just like, dude, I like the Diet Coke, Diet Coke yeah. watch movies. Right. No, we appreciate it. Um, so that about wraps it up. We're This is going to be a pretty long episode at this point. Oh, so yeah, let's get the hell you, out of here. You. All right. Very good, friends. Thanks for joining us, sticking with us as we did this long, long episode on Adam Green. As always, we are the Midwest Monsters. I'm Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined with Matt Chan. Ryan Green. I wish. <laughs> no. <laughs> Professor Ragsap. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, I would say stay creepy like Professor, but actually I'm going to tell you to just stay scared.